finding out that you'd like to be somewhere else should begin with the realization that you chose to be where you now are. And maybe it's not all that you wanted, or maybe you chose because it was your mom's greatest desire for you, but you chose it. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm gonna do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, thoughts become things. Thanks for joining me on another spiritual tune-up. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. All right. This is a topic today, a question about career choice and how to know whether or not you should be considering a change. You were trained for one thing for reasons of your own choosing, but yet you're being led somewhere else, maybe by your heart, maybe by your mind. Choosing career fun over what you were trained to do. Something I can speak on because I have been there to the extreme degree as you'll soon hear. Mike, I feel a little guilty having a wish that might change my career to do something I enjoy as a hobby and which might not use the skills I learned in school through postgraduate work and more. How do I reconcile wanting to change to do something more fun with the reality I am where I am now because of my education and my choices and the career I have had because of my education? All right, I, I think there's a, an important degree of honesty here. Um, some finding out that you'd like to be somewhere else should begin with the realization that you chose to be where you now are. And maybe it's not all that you wanted, or maybe you chose because it was your mom's greatest desire for you, but you chose it. In one way or another, nonstop, 24-7, streaming manifestors, you created your own reality. Nothing has been lost. Okay, this is a great time to come into a realization that maybe something else is stirring in your heart and you want to honor that. What I would recommend is not what I did. But first, what I would recommend, being a former Price Waterhouse Coopers, certified public accountant, chartered accountant, tax specialist, international, living in this Middle East and uh, New York City and, and more, um, I got to a place where I wanted change. Now, I know that in my heart, uh, this was not serving me, this was not who I was, being a, an accountant, with all due respect to the profession and uh, my highest regards to the firm that I worked with that did so much for me, um, it wasn't who I was. If this is where you are sensing you are and there's more fun on the horizon, even though it might not match your career, for me, I quit Pricewaterhouse CPA to sell t-shirts on a sidewalk that my brother designed. Now, that's what I did. What I would recommend, maybe harder to do than what I did, was I, I would recommend you lean into it. Look for opportunities to spend an hour a week 
an hour a day, a couple of days a week, doing your bliss. Whether it's evenings or weekends, we have more time than we often admit. You can start leaning into it by moonlighting. Uh, whether it's your own business or helping somebody with their business or potting plants or uh, seedlings or knitting socks, lean into it until it becomes consuming and until you have total green lights all the way. I was a CPA working on a high rise in Boston, Massachusetts, uh, and, and I had no wiggle room. There was just, it was just total crazy hours, big paychecks, international travel. It was like all or nothing. And this is what happened for me. And maybe it might be where some of you are. I got to a point six years into my career where the thought of staying scared me far more than the thought of quitting and taking a chance. When, when the fear of things staying the same, whether it's career or relationship or health or whatever, when the fear of things, when the fear that things might not change becomes greater than the fear of like, I'm going to leap and if I fall, so be it. I'd rather leap and fall than be resigned to mediocrity, boring, illness, pain. I would rather try and fail than wonder my whole life long what would have happened if I had gone for it. Maybe I could have soared in other realms. Maybe the universe would have connected the dots. That became an excruciating thought in my mind that one day I would wonder what would have happened if I had gone for my dreams. Even though at the time I had no idea what my dreams were. I just knew it wasn't what I was doing. And it's easier to say that now. Maybe you're like, oh, well, everybody has a, you know, it's always hard in the beginning. Oh, the first six years, oh, you know, you're a grunt and you're doing grunt level work and you don't get to delegate much and you don't have the full perspective and, oh, hang in there and you're going to learn to like it. This is what you chose and you chose for good reasons and you knew what you were doing. You got to wage that battle and you got to feel it in your heart. For me, it became impalpable or I couldn't touch it anymore. I couldn't go there any longer. That's a new word to where I had to quit. I was dying on the inside. I hope you never get to that place, but I had to quit. And as soon as I quit, I wondered if it wasn't the biggest mistake of my entire life. In fact, I wondered that for a couple of years. But after quitting, moved to Orlando, Florida, started a t-shirt business with my brother. He's the designer. I'm the accountant in the background. My mom was the sales lady selling t-shirts on a push cart that turned into a chain of stores that turned into global operation. Uh, and it turned into Tut Enterprises Inc., which is now 33 years old. And we went from products to t-shirts, to greeting cards, to self-publishing, to world tours. It's like, what a fantasy. But it, it was fraught with timidity and self-doubt the whole way. But I, I knew that if I didn't go for it, when I felt I had an opportunity to go for it and everything else was in check. I wasn't burning any bridges other than my career with Pricewaterhouse. I wasn't leaving people stranded, so to speak. You got to understand you, maybe you've made some commitments. You need to see them through. 
Uh, at that point in my life, I didn't have that. So what I did was I quit cold turkey. Uh, and I had no idea what I would do. I just moved to Orlando. I read entrepreneur magazines. I went to trade shows. I looked at, I, I freaked out with pressure. I was like, I got to get it going. Oh, what have I done with my life? Had no idea what I would do. My brother was getting t-shirt royalties for designs he had created. And so mom said, let's do our own t-shirt company. And Bob's your uncle. The second time I did this, I did it a second time. 10 years into the t-shirt business, when trends were declining, Andy and I, we had bought our mother out, said, what do we do? Um, and we both decided we didn't want to keep on selling t-shirts. So we liquidated for pennies on the dollar. We kept the shell of the corporation intact. And I started writing emails for Mike because I didn't know what else to do. Again, my path has been gigantic change, gigantic leap into the unknown with lots and lots of fear and self-doubt. Um, but yet, uh, it, was, it was worth every um, night, every sleepless night I encountered. I, I hope you don't have to make an all or nothing decision like that. But here's a couple of other things to consider. It is so important that you honor yourself and that you love yourself. And maybe you've spent 20 years or 40 years or 60 years doing one thing uh, because it checked the boxes and it was your choice and it made sense. But now inside of you, there's this wanderlust and this desire to know how else others live and how else you might experience life. When you get to that tipping point that I just described, this step of honoring yourself while keeping in balance your other priorities, your other responsibilities, no doubt they exist and that doesn't mean you can't take chances. You will send a signal to your inner highest self, your inner witness that prepare all systems for a change. This is the biggest act of faith you could ever do, making a major life choice like that. And immediately the resources you need to complete this transition will be forthcoming. Not as quick as you like, not overnight, but they will be forthcoming. A signal will go out to the entire universe and all the confidence, the creativity, ultimately the self-love, the financial resources, uh, the expertise will all start assembling. Not as quick as you like. It might take a couple of years. Um, when do you know you made the right choice? It's like you don't get that. You, you don't generally get that feeling and maybe at certain moments and certain times of day yeah it's woohoo it's usually not until after things have really meshed after not when they're meshing after you look back and you see the perfection but don't stop keep going keep reaching higher keep asking new questions keep wondering how can I tweak this we went from t-shirts with black and red ink on white shirts because that's all we could afford to greeting cards, keychains, and totally covering the souvenir market, to self-published books, to my writing, to 17 books, uh, world tours, and so much more. Because we kept innovating, 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 following our hearts, I, I couldn't be happier for the choice I made 33 years ago to, to leave the profession I had trained for, passed licenses for, worked around the world in, uh, that fit me quite well, but wasn't who I was. And I know you will feel the same. 
So while you will not know that it worked until after the fact, which will certainly be uh, longer than you're hoping for right now, the modus operandi to have every single day through everything that you're doing is it's working. It is working. I can't see a damn thing, but it's working. It never fails. Every day I get closer. Every day it's getting easier. I am being pushed on to greatness. I am the eyes and the ears of the divine. Positive thoughts 10,000 times more powerful than negative thoughts. This and these statements are all solid gold truth. They will carry you through everything. You will land on your feet. You will know who you are. You will love like life, love life like you have never loved it before. Your happiness is out there and it's calling you. Okay, listen. And maybe it's doubling down where you are right now and finding the joy in it. Or maybe it's leaning into something else. Or maybe it's just stepping off that cliff, if you will, metaphorically, into the unknown and trust that uh, land will appear beneath your feet. Thoughts become things. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Uh, great question here. Thanks to my Infinite Possibility members. Your questions get top priority. Uh, Mike, how does manifesting align with our personal and group world evolution? If we are all evolving back to the oneness or divine, how does consciously playing with manifesting help us get there? I suppose it depends on what you want to manifest, whether it's happiness or is it okay to manifest material things for yourself? Boy, we, we can make this complicated, can't we? But great question. Don't get me wrong, Mike. There are a lot of things that I want to manifest, but I was just wondering how it fits in with the bigger spiritual scheme of things. Great question. I mean, this is a, so important rather than just kind of going out and not thinking. Uh, how often do we wonder about priorities and importance and purpose and meaning? Great question. Might I also be, might it also be a hidden guilty I have, Mike, uh, a conscious or unconscious belief on my part about being materialistic that isn't very spiritual and that might get in the way of my evolving into a higher consciousness, better person. All right. I salute all of your great, great questions. Thanks for the uh, opportunity to answer them. First off, let me say something and, and, and hear me out because it might sound wrong. You are being very selfish. And this is perhaps one of the most saintly, holy things you could ever be in the jungles of time and space. Divine intelligence, God Almighty, all that is source energy is sacredly selfish. What is selfishness but a desire to expand? Why? For the sake of it. Because you can. Because it's there. To discover. To know. To learn. To, to go. Do. Be. Things you have never done before. And with an understanding, uh, with your spiritual lenses on, you will realize this always serves other people. It always serves the whole. For you to find joy and happiness doing what you most want to do, meditate on a cliff or manifest a new Ferrari. Word. Okay, so you can do whatever you want. And yes, it's being selfish. Think not as many times I have shared here, that selfishness means you want growth at the expense of others. Hey, what if you want growth 
to the benefit of others, which is actually what automatically happens. And anybody who thinks they can have personal growth at the expense of others is going down. They're going down. What goes around comes around. And so how selfish is that person who, who seemingly makes progress at the expense of others? How successful can they ever be if they're going down? If you think you can live in a world and get away with uh, taking advantage of others, then that means you will live in a world where others take advantage of you. That's how karma works. It's not a scoring system. Change your thinking and you're off that wheel. But if somebody thinks that they can tromp, trample on others to get ahead, they will be trampled upon. So how selfish is that? That's spiritual stupidity. That's not spiritual selfishness. Spiritual selfishness means you understand that as you shine, as you do better, everyone around you does better, and you wouldn't have it any other way, right? I know who I'm talking to. You would not have it any other way. You want those around you to be able to be inspired by what you're doing, to be motivated, to have the joy that you're now having. And so back to the question, what about manifesting my personal toys versus my own spiritual growth? I got to tell you, the premise of the question is flawed. Um, if we are all evolving back to the oneness or divine, that comes across like a goal. Like we're here, we were thrown off the ship, and if we can be goody two-shoes, we're gonna one day be saved again and get back on board. Nobody threw us off the ship, and we didn't throw ourselves off the ship. We are in the Holy See right now. We are in the heart of God right now. Nobody needs to be saved, and it's nobody's goal to get back. You can't get back to a place you never left. So all is supremely well. You came here for the joy, for the zest, for the separation, for the duality, the lions, tigers, and bears, oh my, your natural progression, if you will, the ultimate inevitability is that you wake up and realize this is one big charade making possible an adventure into emotions. That's written. That cannot be undone. That is who you really are. That is who you've always been and will always be. And so one day in your toing and froing and manifesting and highs and lows and lions and tigers and bears, you're going to realize that you were safe all along, that you were provided for all along, that you're powerful all along, that you were adored all along. And you'll be like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. And then you can be like, a little more amnesia, please. Uh, I want some more of the adventure. So it's not like you're supposed to go back. It's not like you ever left. And so the premise here, the goal of evolving back to oneness, that's not a goal. There's no goal. The goal is no goal. If you will, you wanted the experience. And now you're getting it. You full Monty. You're here in all your glory. You're lost in space, if you will. You got what you wanted and it's still unplaying because it's still beautiful and you still have infinite second chances, third chances and on and on and on. You're still loved. You still have folks to fall in love with, including yourself. So all is supremely well. Part of the experience is just playing and part of the experience is just manifesting learning to manifest deliberately on cue for a new car or a travel partner, health and healing or, or whatever you want. 
There's nothing unspiritual. Nothing unspiritual. There's order, perfection, and meaning at every level. Everyone is doing their level best at points. Some get so lost and confused, they do the ugly, they do nasty things. But even there, there is order. And even there lies their awakening, their realization, what's coming uh, to pass in these adventures of jungles, jungles of time and space, an awakening, an inner awakening, uh, a realization of who we really are. Remembering that we never left, we've been home all along. So... Go out and have fun. Go play. Go manifest until your heart's content. And when you've manifested every bell and whistle that you could ever think of and inspired all of those who were watching, the time will come when you will just ask other questions, uh, reach other heights, uh, and finally remember that it all began, began with a dare to see who could get lost and love in spite of it. To see who would get lost, that's all of us, and then learn to love in spite of that sense of being lost. And everything is spiritual along the way. So happy manifesting. Go after whatever you want, money, dinero, rupees. It's all yours. It's all spiritual. Cars, friends, laughter, it's all yours. And it's all going to help you remember who you really were, as, as if you needed that. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Thanks for the great questions, especially from my Infinite Possibility members. Mike, how to change, help, or attract a certain someone? And the, the second part of this question, you're going to really feel it. Mike, how do I manifest an estranged daughter to come back into my life? I cannot even fathom what it must be like to be separated from... A daughter. Um, my heart is with you. Uh, the, the best news, these sacred jungles of time and space are not reality. Your love for her is eternal. Your bond with her is eternal. Right now, what happens here, it's part of the charade. It's part of the game to discover your power and to learn how to love yourself. Here's a couple of thoughts, though. When it comes to manifesting, it's one of the most common things that uh, I'm asked. Others must be asked the same as well. Um, you know, can I make somebody fall in love with me? Can I repair the relationship? Can I um, earn my parents' pride? Can I... There is a Bermuda Triangle of manifesting. And within that Bermuda Triangle, uh, it might work. It might not work. And sometimes it works, and then in hindsight, you wished it hadn't worked. That's the Bermuda Triangle. When your dreams, desires, or end results are within these three corners, you're on a very slippery slope. Your dream might not even come true. Okay? For example, trying to manipulate someone's love. You can't do that. You signed a contract when you came to Time and Space, and you were like, no matter what happens, I am the decider of my fate. I am the creator of my life and no one can take that away from me. Well, guess what? That person you want to fall in love with you, they signed that contract too. No one can take their power away from them. In this regard, we are all untouchable by others. No one can manipulate you down a path you don't want to go to, contrary to 
uh, seeming evidence to the contrary. So you have that untouchable element and so do they. And so one corner of the Bermuda Triangle is you can't make a certain someone do a certain thing. But that doesn't mean you can't have love. That doesn't mean you can't have a travel partner. That doesn't mean you can't have whatever you want in terms of other people in your life. You just can't say who those other people are. No problem. There's 8 billion other options. And don't think you found the only one that can make you happy. That's a hard lesson to learn uh, if that's where you're at. And the same is true when it comes to kids. However painful that must be, excruciating, I don't ever want to know that feeling. But... You don't need anybody else to feel complete nor to move into joy today, okay? There's 8 billion other players out there desperate for your affection, desperate for your acknowledgement. The other two corners of the Bermuda Triangle, if you're curious, you can't say how a dream's going to come true. Specific people, can't manipulate them. Can't say how a big dream comes. You might want wealth and abundance. You can have it. You just can't say how it's going to show up. Again, you can go there and sometimes it'll work. Sometimes it won't. Sometimes you wish it hadn't. Okay, that's the Bermuda Triangle. And the other one, don't attach to unimportant details. Unimportant details. Details are going to be there. A dime a dozen. The who, the where's, the when's, the bling, the bobbles, the, the frosting on the cake. It's going to be there. But at the beginning of the journey, you cannot insist on those details. You can visualize the details to ramp up a sense of excitement and anticipation, but surrender to even better. Always leave the door open. Don't attach to certain people behaving certain ways. Don't attach to the cursed house and don't attach to unimportant details. All details are unimportant. A couple of things. I didn't want this message to be what you can't do, what you can't do, what you can't do. Like I said, in the Bermuda Triangle, you might succeed. But who wants to pursue a dream where they might succeed when there's other dreams where you can succeed that will exceed the dream where you might have succeeded? So let me tell you some things you can do, all right? If you're in this situation, whether it's a child or a lover or somebody else, and you want to manipulate them or bring them back into your life, let me tell you what you can do. You can understand. We've got four here. You can understand that this burning desire, this need you have for any certain other person coming into your life is hiding a great truth that you have so far not seen nor understood. And it could be that you're lovable without them, that you don't need their permission, that you're good to go, that you're complete already. You are not seeing something and this need is keeping you from seeing it. Oh, I must have her in my life. I must have him in my life. I must have them in my life. I must get their approval. I must walk hand in hand with them. No, you're hiding your awesomeness from yourself as, as well as a many other possible things. The other thing, you can know that you are always together with your beloved, whether it's your child, your son, uh, your first love, your next love. We're eternal beings. We're playing out our lives inside the heart of God. You can't be separated. It's always there. You can ignore it and you can, you don't have to hang out with anybody, but if you've got a love for a certain person, you can be sure of one thing. That person will be with you for eternity and they will love you for eternity. They love you already, but right now they're playing some games and they're hiding something from themselves. Let them go through what they need to go through so that when they do show up, it'll be authentic and and 
lasting in the the temporal sense of time and space we still want lasting and you can have that if you let them go through what they need to go through you will always be together number three that you can know that the trivial dramas and i know they hurt the trivial dramas of time and space cannot withstand love okay so it's all trivial here everything is true it's beautiful it's magnificent it's wondrous it's majestic it's eternal and all that stuff but but it's it's life in the jungles it's not reality as i said at the outset love will prevail your love will prevail and their love will shine through again not in a possessive way you're not going to make them do anything and if they're on their lessons now they might not come back in this lifetime number four you can know you can know that you can be happy without their permission you can be happy without their presence in their life and probably nothing else will improve the chances of them coming around and smelling the coffee wanting to be back in your life this lifetime nothing will improve chances more than you being happy without them now okay i know that's like a really weird dichotomy paradox be happy without them so that you could like I'm just going to be happy even if I never see them again in this lifetime. When you can truly be that way, not just give it lip service, you will increase chances exponentially that they're going to want to come back and be in your life. Now, nothing's 100%. You cannot guarantee that. But you can maximize chances of getting someone else to behave in a way suited to your desires when you can be happy without them. Okay, you don't have to have them in your life to be happy. Know that you're together eternally. Know that they're going through what they need to go through. Know that you cannot manipulate others just as they cannot manipulate you. And before long, you'll be marching arm in arm with that beloved, singing, oh, we owe, uh, and living happily ever after in, in an eternal sense. Jumbo fellow adventurers. All right. So yesterday I was answering questions about how to change, help, or attract a certain someone, whether it's a family member who's estranged or someone you've fallen in love with and you want to bring into your life and how that works with the law of attraction, thoughts becoming things. Uh, a lot of great questions from my Infinite Possibility members. Thank you so much. Everyone's entitled to ask a question. Post below on Facebook or on Instagram on the day of a broadcast, your question could be my talking point in the near future. So let me look at a couple of the questions that were raised because of yesterday's answer about the law of attraction and specific other people. I mentioned that there is a Bermuda Triangle of manifesting. If your dreams, your desires, or your end results veer into the Bermuda Triangle of manifesting. There's three corners on the Bermuda Triangle. Those three corners that you want to avoid for manifesting, attaching to a cursed how, how your dream will come true. Don't go there. Attaching to a certain someone's behavior. Don't go there. Uh, and insisting upon unimportant details, including hows and whens, deadlines, etc. These create a lot of questions. So let me go through a generality on the cursed house. Um, and then I'm going to go deep dive into time frames and again on relationships, this time love relationship. 
Okay, so Cursed Howl. The thing that makes a Cursed Howl a Cursed Howl is not what you do, okay? It's how you view why you did it. I've been over this a couple of times before. The thing that makes a Howl cursed. I know these words are like uh, red flags and why go so negative because I really want to get your attention. Don't worry about how your dream's going to come true, but take action. Isn't any action worrying about how my dream comes true? No, not at all. It depends on how you view why you did it. If the action you take is all about hitting the home run and making the dream come true, it's a, it's a cursed how. There's attachment. You're insisting on, this is how my dream will come true because there's a law of attraction and the universe loves me. Instead, take the same action. It's not the action, it's how you view the action. Take the same action and say this to yourself. This might be how my dream comes true. This might be how I engage the magic. But because I don't know, only divine intelligence knows, I'm going to keep on taking baby steps. I'm going to go down multiple paths at the same time. I'm going to try out every option. Give divine intelligence every opportunity to reach me in the quickest, shortest way. The universe will pick which pathway is the lightning rod, okay? So it's not what you do. Two people could do the same thing. For one, they're messing with the house. The other one, it's just a knock on the door. Because for the other one, there's not attachment. It might be this book I'm writing. It might be this property I'm selling. It might be this invention I'm working on. Or it might not be. So I'm going to keep on working on other things. When you have that open, loose attitude, and you're leaving room for the universe to surprise you, and you're going down multiple paths, trying multiple things without end, because you're having fun and you love it, and it's your dance with life, then the magic rushes into your life. Compared to, this is how it will happen, and then all the other doors close. Okay, that's one corner of the Bermuda Triangle. Messing with the house, the cursed house, through attachment and insistence on a certain pathway. Now, again, like I said yesterday, even within the Bermuda Triangle, sometimes we succeed. You're so pegged for success. Uh, it's almost hard to not just, you know, come out a winner every single thing you do. Sometimes it'll work. But if you're not okay with sometimes and you want absolutely positively thy will shall be done, then do what I'm saying and don't attach to one pathway or one how. Okay? There will be a story one day of how your dream came true. There's nothing wrong with hows. Hows are beautiful and blessed. It's when you attach and you say, this is how, now it's cursed. All right, Mike, can you put a time frame on your manifestation? For example, I want to achieve my perfect health stats by January 2023, or I want to obtain financial freedom before I retire in 12 years. And how does all this go with accepting and being in the present moment? It seems conflicting. It does seem conflicting. Enjoy the present moment. Don't be thinking too much about the future. But yes, it's okay to put a general time frame on a manifestation. You can say you want it to happen by year end. You can say you want it to happen within the next 10 years. When I'm writing a book or have a similar type project, I have guidelines and every 12 days, hypothetically, I achieve a certain mark. If I don't achieve it, I still love myself. If I don't achieve it, I recalibrate. 
I'm often asked if businesses and corporations can have the same approach as individuals. Because clearly individuals have a plan for how and they have a deadline and they have specific people who must do specific things by a certain target. So I've been told that, you know, oh, Mike, it looks like, you know, this doesn't work in the business world for entrepreneurs. No, the business world absolutely does this stuff automatically. If a certain pathway, a certain how doesn't work out for a business, they are the first to recalibrate, rethink, try something else. They don't say, oh, well, the, uh, I must not have the universe's favor. Oh, well, it must be karma. Oh, well, I think I'll go back home and read the secret again. A universe is on its feet. If this doesn't work, that works. And they don't try one thing. They try a lot of things. They're always diversifying. And yes, a universe has deadlines. But if they don't make a deadline or a budget, it's not the end of the world and they don't hate themselves like individuals do. Right? An a business is flexible and it regroups and it recalibrates and it will extend a deadline if necessary. So businesses do this stuff automatically. And yes, you can have deadlines, but be flexible. You know, come up with the clarity, get yourself excited about what's going to happen before year end, and then do your best to live in the moment, enjoy your life, knock on doors, turn over stones. It's not the end of the world if December 31 isn't, isn't the manifestation um, arrival. Okay. And then the third one, again, now this is back to personal relationships. Mike, I've read something recently about the law of assumption and living from the end. This practice focuses on attracting your specific person. If I am the creator of my life, and this is just a dream, the dream of life, isn't it possible that I could attract my specific person as they would be part of my reality? Sometimes I feel myself getting overwhelmed with these many teachings. Okay, I can understand the confusion, but it's really so simple. Thoughts become things. Now, you referenced the law of assumption. I had to look it up. It's by Neville, one of the pioneers of the New Thought movement. Neville wrote many books about uh, the power of our thoughts to live deliberately, aka the law of attraction. And he called uh, something the law of assumption, which states, act as if your dream is a done deal. Act as if it's already happened. Act as if you know, you assume that it is written. It is your destiny because you've decided it. That's the law of assumption according to Neville. A really good law. That's part of making the law of attraction work. Assume the best. Assume that it's done. Assume that you're here to thrive. Okay, so that's good. Living from the end. That means the end result. You focus on the end, not the house, right? You can try out different pathways. You're going to have to try out different pathways as you take action on your dream, but you attach to none. What you attach to is the desired end result. You settle for nothing less than your heart's desire. And your heart's desire dictates the house and you meet the miracles as you show up, show up, show up. So how does this all apply to a certain someone, as the questioner said? If I am the creator of my life and this is just a dream, isn't it possible that I could attract a specific person as they would be part of my reality? Well, this is one of the wild and wonderful things about the jungles of time and space. I get my reality and you get your reality and we've decided to share the stage. 
You cannot manipulate me. I cannot manipulate you. But like I said yesterday, that doesn't mean you can't have love. That doesn't mean you can't have a business partner. That doesn't mean you won't have a story one day about how your dream came true on a calendar with certain dates. That doesn't mean there won't be awesome details in your life. But what we're saying here is that at the beginning of a journey, do not state who. You can have someone in your mind and say that person or better. But if you attach to that person, you exclude all others. And that person is living their dream and you cannot manipulate them. Now, that they're in your life, presumably, is a good sign that, hey, it could be that person. There's all kinds of magic and miracles. You're amazing. They're amazing. But if in the beginning of a journey, you are attaching and insisting on unimportant details, pathways, hows, and who's, you are limiting yourself profoundly. We're not saying it can't be that person. That person you think is the perfect person for you may be the perfect person for you. We are not taking them off the table. You can even visualize your joy and happiness with that person. But as soon as you insist it be that person, you exclude eight billion other candidates of whom there were some really juicy characters. So why would you do that? Keep your idea on the table and leave the, the game open for anyone who could be better suited for you, your dreams, the future, and all else. So the law of assumption is golden. Begin with the end in mind is golden. But when it comes to certain other people, you just cannot manipulate them. Include them but leave room for better. And there is always better in this magical world where your thoughts become things. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up along with 1 million other subscribers for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my infinite possibility membership for a price you choose. Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30 minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops. So check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcasts. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple, we've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here, and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.